Chapter One: Life and Yoga. There are two necessities of nature's working which seem always to intervene in the greater forms of human activity. Whether they belong to our ordinary fields of moment or seek those exceptional sphere and fulfillment which appear to us high and divine, every such form tend towards a harmonized complexity and totality which again breaks apart into various channels of special effort and tendencies. Only to unite once more in a larger and more poisoned synthesis. Secondly, development into forms is imperative rule of effective manifestation. Yet, all truth and practice too strictly formulated becomes old and loses much, if not at all of its virtue. It must be constantly renovated by fresh streams of spirit, revivifying the dead or dying vehicle and changing it. If it is to acquire a new life. To be perpetually reborn in the condition of a material immortality, we are in an age full of thrones of trivial, when all forms of thought and activity that have in themselves any strong power of utility or any secret virtue of persistence, are subjected to a supreme test and given their opportunity of rebirth. The world today presents the aspect of huge cauldron of media in which all things are being cast. Shredded into pieces, experimented on, combined and recombined, either to perish and provide the scattered material of new forms, or to emerge rejuvenated and change for a fresh term of existence. Indian yoga, in its essence, a special action or formulation of certain great powers of nature, itself specialized, divided, and variously formulated, is potentially one of these dynamic elements of the future life of humanity. The child of immemorial ages, preserved by its vitality and truth, into our modern times. It is now emerging from the secret schools and aesthetic retreats in which it has taken refuge and is seeking its place in the future sum of living human powers and utilities. But it has first to rediscover itself, bring to the surface the profoundness reasons for its being in this general truth and that uneasing aim of nature which it represents. And find by virtue of these new knowledge and self appreciation in our own recovered and larger synthesis. Reorganizing itself, it will enter more easily and powerfully into the reorganized life of the race, which its processes claim to lead into the most secret penetralia and upward to the highest altitudes of existence and personality. In the right view of both life and yoga, all life is either consciously or subconsciously a yoga. For we mean by this term, a methodized effort towards self-perfection by the expression of the secret potentialities latent in the being and the highest condition of victory in that effort. A union of human individual with the universe and transcendent existence we are primary expressed in a man and in the cosmos. But all life, when we look behind its appearance, is a vast yoga of nature who attempts in consciousness and the subconscious to realize her perfection in an ever-increasing expression of her yet unrealized potentialities and to unite herself with her own divine reality. In man, her thinker, she for the first time upon this earth devises self-conscious means and willed arrangements of activities by which this great purpose may be more swiftly and poisonedly attained. Yoga, as Swami Vivekananda has said, 
may be regarded as a means of compromising one's evolution into a single life or a few years or even few months of bodily existence. A given system of yoga then can be more than a selection or compression into a narrower but more energetic form of intensity of general method which are already being used loosely, largely in a leisurely moment, with a profusely apparent waste of material and energy, which, but with a more complete combination by the great mother in her vast upward labor. It is this view of yoga that alone forms the basis for a sound and rational synthesis of yogic method. For then, yoga ceases to appear something mystic and abnormal, which has no relation to the ordinary process of world energy, or the purpose she keeps in the view of her two great moments of subjective and objective self-fulfillment. It reveals itself rather as an intense and exceptional use of yoga that she has already manifested or is progressively organizing in her less exalted but more general operations. 